Hi, Dee. Hi, Jillian. Welcome to Podcops. Podcops, episode three. Today we are going to talk about the cult of personality and celebrity that surrounds killers. A.K.A. the glorification of killers. This is something that drives me up a wall. I don't care about them. I mean, I feel like we give them so much more spotlight because there's always so much more you want to know, which I get and I understand the psychology of what happened, why they did it, that they're just so cocky and like they know that where you're going to listen. It's like the show Mindhunter on Netflix where you saw him devolve into this obsessive quest for knowledge regarding why they do this. But everybody around him saw him as wanting to hang out with killers. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was awful anyway. I mean, he just got cockier as the series went on. So, Well, if you think about being obsessive in that craft and figuring out how people think and how people tick, you know, you can see how he started to apply that to his girlfriend and things like that. And I mean, if someone tried to do that to me, I'd punch him in the face. <laughs> we already know what our problems are, buddy. Yeah. You don't need to tell me what my problems are. I'm well aware. (laughs) So when the Ted Bundy tapes came out on Netflix, I watched it right away because I happened to be home. Um, And the best part of it was listening to the interviews with the investigators and the survivors and things like that. I know a lot of people, and I believe you are one of them, who's been reticent to watch it because it's based around his confession, hypothetical confession. Yes, I have not watched it, nor do I want to that's all you're gonna give me on that yeah i mean there's so much more on netflix that it really follows like not necessarily the killers or the serial killers but like the victims and their stories and what's happening like as much as abducted in plain sight was awful and a hot mess like it did a lot of focus on her as a victim and the family and what was happening and so much less on the b or whatever i feel like that whole show is problematic in itself because she's still an active member of the church of latter-day saints and a lot of the weird decision making you can hear the unspoken well the bishop directed us to or the church wouldn't want us to do i feel like it would be a completely different show if she had left the church I mean, it's I still like the focus on the victim is what I'm focusing more on instead of like the glorification of what he was doing. It was like her as a person. What was frustrating about that, too, was that they gave him the benefit of the doubt that she had to actually face him in prison as an adult. What court of law? I Most. Mean, <laughs> what, I mean, what sense of decency, you know, that you would have to either face that in that situation or hit the brick? <clears throat> I mean, I feel like that's what our court of law is. It's that innocent until proven guilty, right to face the accuser situation where we will continuously put victims in front of these killers or pedophiles in order to have it be a fair trial, which sucks. And I feel like the news continually just throws this in the face of the victims. You know, every time Charles Manson had a cold, they put it in the paper. Who cares? Or the time he got proposed to or somebody wanted to marry him or he did get married. Right. It sold newspapers. Great. But it gave everybody a reason to rehash all this garbage that he did where especially someone who was a narcissist like Charles Manson you shouldn't give him the platform or the attention what drives me nuts is uh John Lennon's killer uh Mark David Chapman every single time he's up for parole they use this as this huge circus because he wants to talk to the media you know I don't think he even wants to get out he just wants attention 
Mm-hmm. Give it to him. Why do we do that? Because you love John Lennon so much. I mean, in that in that situation, they do do victim remembrance because it was John Lennon. But if it's random girls off the street, you know, a lot of times people have no idea even what the demographic or how prolific these murderers are. You know, we don't have the sense to memorialize the victims as much as we should. Nor do we want to. I feel like we want to, in our society, wrap it all up in a tiny bow and be like, well, this was the killer. This is what he did. We know he's in jail now now so let's talk about him and not focus on the victims of like the who could have been the what whose sister might have been and that type of situation where we have that blissful ignorance of being like well it's not still happening so let's focus on him and what he was doing and how we could protect ourselves this leads into the controversy about the upcoming feature film about ted bundy with zach efron the trailer landed recently and everybody lost their mind i've yet to see this trailer i think i'm like the worst true crime obsessor on the planet right now well he is an attractive actor and i mean as far as we know ted bundy was charismatic he had to have something in order for people to trust him in these bizarre situations Mm -hmm. but the trailer does kind of run like uh, it's pitching a rom-com. I mean, it kind of is. I mean, if you think about the story, the greater scheme of things, it was love gone wrong and wrong and wrong and wrong. Yeah, I'm not convinced that he could feel love considering it was all revenge after, you know, feeling slighted by women in his life. Ted Bundy, I think, is a classic case of, you know, if it had been later days, he would have been like a, a very charismatic cellar-dwelling reddit infesting incel a very unique subgroup of people i guess uh it's getting bigger every day so there are some true crime podcasts that i do not listen to anymore um it's not about production quality it's not about content so much as an over-reliance on shock value i think this feeds into our topic where they make you listen to 911 calls over and over again one show had the entirety, literally more than 45 minutes of the uh, the murderer of Kimberly, Kimberly Cates. It was the Mount Vernon murders. 45 minutes of him talking about how superior he was and how, you know, he just killed her for fun and he's smarter than all his peers. And why give that? Why give that the attention? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, I, I feel like it comes back to this need of us wanting to protect ourselves and then surrounding ourselves with this awfulness of how can we survive if she didn't survive or they didn't survive? What can we do in order to have this happen differently? Like, it's a mess. And then we get every useless, predominantly white male with a gun or a manifesto or a chip on his shoulder for women knows that he'll get the attention. He'll get the whole world's attention when he does something like this, and then we give it to them. Yeah, I, I actually made a note about constant glorification of white men and serial killers. Are we breeding new ones by saying, if you do this atrocity, we're going to pay attention to you and really understand what's wrong with you instead of this like mentality of like, please get the help that you clearly need uh, because this is, shouldn't be the outlet that you go to. You shouldn't want this notoriety and fame. And I understand they feel isolated in the book, Kids That Kill, a lot of the shooters who went through you know, horrible mental abuse and had mental problems on their own, see this as uh, a surefire way to, quote unquote, you know, make them see, make them feel what you're feeling. And I think the more, again, that we sensationalize the killer instead of the atrocity, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're giving them that. 
you know, we are giving every would-be school shooter or, you know, random enraged libertarian male with too many guns. I mean, it's like the the focus on every school shooting that happens. We come back to the original, the Columbine shooting, and what was Dylan and Eric doing, and why did it happen, why it's continued to happen. It's literally every new school shooting, we come back to Columbine at some point within the conversation. And at least one person will still retroactively blame their mother. Yes, even though there have been literal books written by those mothers talking about the normal lives that they had and how they can't be to blame for their sons. Because we can't allow men to be accountable for their actions. And we want to blame women. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) And they want to blame women. So look, it's neatly tied up in a bow. It's all women's fault. (laughs) Damn us and our uteruses. I know. How dare we have these breasts? They drive men crazy. Should have locked those away years ago. They're outlawed. Oh, my goodness. That's why I think I like things like TV shows like CSI and SVU, although they are fantastical in their nature of being like fiction TV shows. I think there's so much focus like on the victims to understand the killers, but also like what the victims are going through and what they need for support and like that helps them lead themselves to the killers. So it's not such a big focus on them, which is like where we get things like forensic files, which is solely based on the victims and their lifestyle and what they're doing because we, we don't even know who the killers are until we've really investigated into the crimes themselves and the victims and um, the repeat patterns and behaviors. It's very refreshing. Well, I'm more drawn to the forensic files type of it where it's about the process and the people who are investigating or like Mindhunter or even the um, Unabomber miniseries they had where they showed sort of the genesis of forensic handwriting analysis and, and that sort of situation. You know, you see more of the process. I mean, it's frustrating. It's not glorious or exciting all of the time, but it's like... It helps me sleep at night knowing that people are learning every day to solve these crimes better and faster and have more at their disposal instead of us just screaming in the dark, assuming statistically we're going to be killed by a man we know. Let's just limit the number of those right away. If there's one way you want to set our father off, Jill and I just casually mention, it's okay, I'm going to be killed by a white male anyway. He doesn't like that. Or make a joke about undercooked food. Or side with our mother, period. The end. I mean, that's already a sign of our madness, so let's not do that. The first sign of mental illness in this family. Honestly. But speaking of mental illness, let's talk about love after lockup and people who marry their pen pal prison inmates. I always thought it would be hysterical to have a prison pen pal, but I assumed it would be like, I don't know, ear hustle style where, you know, someone's in there on a third strike law and there'd be no consequences and say whatever they want right but you watch these programs and these people send hundreds of letters and they send money and they send gifts and they visit and it's this weird glorification of the the justice system got it wrong these men these beautiful men can't have done the crime that they're doing and like essentially backhanding victim blaming in order to glorify, continue to glorify the killer and or criminal, um, and because based that? on beauty that they they don't they can't be these criminals. When it's crimes where they've killed their wives or their girlfriends or their children, and they still get these women, I will never understand it. It's a level of is it mental illness? Is it desperation? Is it a combination? Is there something? De- there must be something deeply wrong in their lives. I'm not saying that they're bad people, just that those are not normal motivations and impulses. I will never understand it. 
I have a hard time talking myself into sending letters to you. I buy you cards all the time. And I'm not a killer. And I can't fill it out and put a stamp on it and remember to put it in the mail. And I really like you. (laughs) Yeah, I, I just don't understand, like, this mentality. Like, yes, I find crimes to be interesting and I read books about serial killers. I'll be gone the dark. Almost finished. Um, Congratulations. Yes, I know. I'm pretty excited. But, like, it takes me a hot minute to do it. But I just, I could never look past the crime and be like, this is a misunderstood person. Like, I need to get him to know him deeper, like, on a deeper level. Like, at the end of the day, the majority of people in this world will wake up and live their whole lives and never kill somebody Like, I can't understand the mentality of, like, just going out and committing these crimes or, like, the need to impulsively kill all these people and then have the mentality of, like, a normal person going through my day and then falling in love with that or thinking that that is okay. Or that's love or that you're going to forge some sort of connection that's going to fix them. I just can't. I can't understand it. I think I'll Be Gone in the Dark is a good example of the right kind of crime reporting. We didn't know at that point who the Golden State Killer was. Michelle McNamara passed away before she could ever find out who he was. And she wrote victim by victim and not in a glamorous way, not like, you know, he was so genius in the way that he set up the bodies and he did things like that. But she talked about how he skulked in bushes. Also, he did all of this other creepy stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, she it, talks about how weird he was and the impulsive behaviors and the things that he's tried to get away with and like what must be wrong with him. And how there must have been tells in his everyday life, you know, some isolation or some you know, mania in some aspect of his life. You know, he cased a lot of these places like he wasn't successful at all. But I mean, he escalated rapidly. I mean, going from home invasions like burglaries to rapes to murders like and back to rapes. And it's all over the place. He was a hot mess. And he had we know now the training and the ability to move county to county and stay under the radar. You know, he was so prolific because he did move intelligently in that way. Mm-hmm. But again, at the same time, he stalked people over the phone just for the thrill of it. He broke into houses. He stole stupid things just to create terror. Like, there's nothing glamorous about that. You know, this total waste of space should have been in prison 30 years ago. Yes, uh, thankfully, DNA stuff has come a long way, and uh, thank you to Ancestor DNA or whatever blood test it was that brought him to us. But I think the book is just so phenomenal and how it just talks about the victims and like the killer in such an abstract way that we're not glorifying it. It's just better understanding what's happening, the motivations, and trying to pencil it in to try to figure out who they are and why they're doing these crimes. Fan. I have like 50 pages left. I did read the Anne Rule Ted Bundy book this summer when I was camping. And <laughs> it was incredibly frustrating because her mindset, she is a trained crime reporter. She worked with the police. She worked with Ted Bundy. Well, again, and you don't assume that it could happen to you. It would be somebody that you knew. When you look at all of those mug shots on America's Most Wanted, you never really think you're going to see that person or know that person. You know, you just like the idea of being that true crime warrior of, what if I saw him at Whole Foods? I have vivid memories of watching Unsolved Mysteries with Mom on Lifetime growing up and asked her they would show who the killer was and 
that he was still missing, I would actually look out of our small town rural window like he was going to be walking on our street. Yeah. I'm in the market for some cows. Uh, I know you. You're a killer. I've seen that man before, sir. Tell me, have you been to El Paso lately? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. The life that we've led. Which proves we are lucky to have survived, you know, the 80s and our upbringing because we would have been those kids who would have been like, hey, mister, yeah, we'll be really helpful and help you solve a crime. And then we're in the back of a van. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Let's face it. We're lucky we were never put in that situation. I mean, I feel like watching TV and documentaries, I think everybody who survived the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s are genuinely lucky to be alive. Can you imagine redoing your childhood right now and being in constant contact and seeing just the glut of terrible news and abductions? My Facebook has a dozen teenage missing people abductions things a week yes thankfully our aunt that posts every single missing person in the united states gets brought onto our news i think she's getting a stipend from the amber alert um program to share every single missing person in the greater new england area on her facebook she's definitely shared some that were from like the mid-atlantic region too i mean we give her a lot of crap but she has a big heart she and she means well but it is frustrating when it's like your timeline on your facebook is always like memes baby pictures missing person and you're like who oh it's our aunt there's nothing funny about this no So this week, unlike previous weeks, we're going to read a news headline. Danielle has it already picked out. She's going to read it to me, and I'm going to guess to see if I understand what happened within that news story. Okay, here it is. Florida cop disciplined after suspects caught on camera fondling each other on trip to jail. What do you think the content of that article was? I I don't know. I mean, the cops are in trouble for what they caught on the body cam. Of the criminals fondling each other? Good guess. It gets actually more salacious than that. Um, The station aired some of the cam footage showing the suspects, a man and a woman, appearing to make out in the back of the patrol car to the sounds of Barry White's Can't Get Enough of Your Love while the officer was sitting in the front seat writing a report. How is that news? (laughs) What? (laughs) I am confusion. Why is that a news article? Because instead of, like, bringing, I don't even know what the crime was, instead of bringing them into the police station, one was cuffed by the wrists, the lady in the back seat. The man was not restrained in any way, and he let them continue to make out and allegedly perform sex acts on each other while he also sat in the car filling out a report while also playing, apparently, sweet, sweet love and music. I, I, I literally don't understand <laughs> Wait, did you start this conversation with Florida man? Yes. Okay, Florida that makes cop. sense. Florida it makes sense. <laughs> it all makes sense. That's going to be our very special episode later, where we highlight the best of Florida man. Florida, the Australian outback of America. Oh my god. The rules of Fight Club apply to all of Florida. Oh, there was another one, and th- that was on Fox News. There was another one today that was pretty but good. I don't, wait, but I don't understand how that is news. Like, who wrote that article? Because the Fox News demographic apparently wants to know what a waste of money body cams are, question mark? But, like, who got a hold of the footage and was like, this deserves an article? Well, I think the the cop was given disciplinary action, which becomes public record. 
and then it must have been a slow news day in that town in Florida because someone broke the scoop. My goodness. There was another one today that I, I wish I had kept that started with, they thought the death had been caused by an alligator, but 20 years later, the truth was revealed. And I was like, what? What was the case? <laughs> and it went away before I could click into it. Well, now I'm concerned that it wasn't an alligator 20 years and we framed the wrong reptile. <laughs> Did we put an alligator to his death needlessly? Florida. News at 11. Breaking news. <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's episodes of PodCops. If you have any thoughts or suggestions or true crime pet peeves, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram as PodCops. That's P-O-D-C-O-P-S. Or reach us at PodCops at gmail.com. This project is a work in progress. Please bear with us, but thank you for giving us a shot. As our tagline states, we barely know what we're talking about, but we talk a lot.